Guys, we're doing it. It's episode 21, which means, as I've mentioned in the past two episodes, that we have officially surpassed 99% of podcasts globally, because apparently only 1% of podcasts ever reach episode 21. So this is major. And to be honest, I also had a conversation with my coach at one point where know the idea of dropping the podcast was on the table but I just I I couldn't let it go to be honest I enjoy doing this way too much that I I pretty much said give me Spotify or give me death and that is where I'm at right now for anyone that uh, doesn't know what this podcast is about you're not alone no one knows I don't know I actually feel like it changes quite often so Some days I feel enlightened and all I want to do is share wisdom or lessons that I've learned. And other days I just want to tell really cringy stories. And I'm not sure how I feel yet today. I think it's still undecided. And that's usually how it goes. Uh, I don't normally know what I'm going to say until it comes out of my mouth, which means that you're not the only one that is afraid. I live in fear on this podcast. I'm constantly worried that I'm going to say something that will burn a bridge with a friend, cause a fight in my family, get me in trouble at work, get me uh, deported from Germany. So, yeah. And in case I do get deported from Germany, my next move is going to be Bulgaria. Because I think they have a flat income tax of like 10%. So that is going to be the next place that I live, but only if I get deported from Germany. Otherwise, I would happily stay here because I, I love being here. I'm really grateful to be in this country. And I have some friends back home in the States. And, uh, you know, there's, I think, a lot of fear about the future of the country. And for me, I feel very removed from it, even though, you know, we're obviously closer to the war in Ukraine being in Berlin. And uh, I still feel safer, I think, than I would if I lived in the U.S. But I also think... I mean, this is just my opinion, and I don't want this. I don't want to have a political podcast by any means. But I feel like a lot of what goes on in the news is really just designed to keep people afraid and engaged. It's just, uh, I guess, just a little bit worrisome because you don't know how much you can push people until people start to actually retaliate out of fear or to, you know, make decisions that are just fear-based. 
And I had a long conversation with someone the other day where we were talking about the state of affairs in the United States. And, you know, I see, I see the fear in a lot of people as an embodiment of a scarcity mentality. And uh, the person that I was speaking to was saying that they are afraid of how people will behave if there's a civil war or like some kind of government, um, I don't know, lockdown. And, you know, this person was saying that they recently bought a gun and that it makes them feel safer to have the gun. And the gun was like 400 something dollars. It's an AR-15. And my first thought was, if you're really that afraid to live in your own country, that you would rather buy a gun, you know, that you, that you want to buy a gun, I should say, don't you think it would be smarter to just save a few more hundred dollars and then just move somewhere else? Like buy a plane ticket somewhere else that you actually feel safe? Yeah, I mean, that's just my mentality. What do I know? I'm just a guy that did it. I moved from the United States to Berlin and I don't regret it ever and when I have conversations with people that live in the States that express these opinions, I, I literally always say the same thing. I'm like, just move. But what's weird is that even if somebody is super unhappy in the States and they're afraid, they'll still say that they want to stay in the States. I'm like, you would rather live in a place that you're afraid to live. You'd rather have to buy a gun to live there to feel safe than just go somewhere else. It's a, it's really to me like a, a shocking thing um, to, to hear because it's not how I think at all. And I didn't move to Berlin to, to escape the United States or something. That wasn't my intention. I do think that there's quite a bit of BS in the States. So don't get me wrong. I definitely wanted to get away from that, but I wasn't you know, trying to escape out of fear. I was just pretty unhappy, I think, with the way that the country is going. And I do hope that there comes a time in the next, I don't know, five or 10 years, where there is some kind of leadership change, and you just have somebody who's a little bit more competent uh, running the country. I don't care which party they are. I mean, you know, you don't really have too many options, right? So I don't care if they're a Republican. I don't care if they're a Democrat. It would just be cool for some adult to take power again and kind of guide the country back into a place where people can just coexist harmoniously despite having different viewpoints. Like from my perspective, maybe this is just because I enjoy exploring big ideas and, and having debates about things, but I love it when somebody has a different viewpoint for me, especially when they're not taking it personally to have a debate about it, you know, where they don't see it as like challenging their identity just to ask questions. That's the best because that's when you get to understand, that's when you actually come to realize that people have different viewpoints and it doesn't impact that person's self-worth. And, uh, you know, it's only when we can kind of operate from a place of understanding and empathy that we can really value other people's viewpoints. 
And I, I always say that it comes down to one's own love for themselves. Because I really do believe that when you love yourself and you have a good relationship internally, and it's like one of internal harmony, it makes it so much less likely that other things outside of you are going to rile you up. Like, you know, I I don't want to say that I'm the poster child of loving myself, but I've made a lot of progress in that area um, over the past six months. And I've done a lot of work on myself. And it takes a lot, like a tremendous amount, uh, for me to get angry about something that I read in the news. Because my viewpoint is that the journalists that, I mean, if you want to call them that, the journalists that write these uh, inflammatory articles online, most of most of the time, by the way, are clickbait. You know, they're, they're just writing it from the perspective of like a business, you know? They're, it's not necessarily like um, objective journalism anymore. And what I mean by that, and like, let me kind of just um, situate myself. If you guys don't know, there's something called affiliate marketing and affiliate marketing is a very profitable way of, uh, like it's a very easy way to make money online. And what, what affiliate marketing normally is, is you're acting as an affiliate. So like the middle person between somebody who's searching for, for a product and the company that's actually selling it. So I'm sure, I'm sure that you've seen affiliate ads uh, and affiliate posts online, but it would be something like f- the five best running shoes for a marathon or 10 travel backpacks for Europe. And all of the newspapers have started to advertise or started to like create these posts New York Times has what they call wire cutter, which is like its own arm of the company that is designed to, you know, generate clicks on those kinds of articles. And what happens is if as a user, you click on the link on that article, and then you eventually buy you, a a portion of what you spend will go to New York Times wire cutter. And it's not a new business model by any means but it is significant in the sense that it has changed the way that newspapers operate. And now they get so much money by writing articles like that, that just, you know, get clicks on it. And it's not clickbait. And in the sense, it's not like a news article, right? It's always like reviews. But because newspapers are now going in that direction of writing like five best travel backpacks and whatever, and most of the time, I would I would imagine that they're not even creating real reviews. They're just like, you know, creating a list of five different or five different items that give them X percentage per click or per purchase, I should say, per conversion. It's cheaper for them to not do the research and just like find five popular items, put them into a list, write an article that has good SEO practices and drives traffic to it. That's it. And so if newspapers are doing that to make money, isn't it also fair to think that they're operating like a business in other ways? 
like maybe writing articles that will just get eyeballs and clicks because that's what a newspaper wants and that's the only way that a newspaper can survive. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I I don't really read news articles the way that I used to. I mean, I, I used to read them and get actually like upset about seeing things, you know, things that I disagreed with or things that were controversial. But then I started to realize like they're operating like businesses and they're pretty much like, it's like the equivalent of like a movie trailer, but for a news article. So of course you're going to put all of the most important stuff in the beginning of the article because that's where the most eyeballs are going to be and then they drop off. It's like an inverted pyramid. Um, that's where all the information is in the beginning. And what you end up seeing a lot is like headlines that don't actually represent what's in the article. They're just really good at getting eyeballs and getting clicks. And some people don't even click on the headlines because there's paywalls on certain news sites, I think, like New York Times and Washington Post and whatever it is. And so, yeah, a lot of readers don't even know what the article's about. They just see a headline and they just take the headline at face value and then their entire day they'll carry that headline with them. And they might even have conversations about the headline with people and say, did you see what the New York Times article said today? Or did you see what was on Washington Post? Did you see what was on Fox News? Whatever it is. And so we're doing the work for the newspapers, which is crazy. I mean, we're literally like doing all the heavy lifting of circulating the articles of, you know, creating anger and resentment and engagement with potential readers. And these newspapers just sit back and they're, you know, just looking at the metrics. That's pretty much it. So uh, it takes a lot. It takes a really a lot for me to get upset these days. And a big reason, as I mentioned, is that I believe it's because I'm so in touch with myself and not not easy, not easy to be angered anymore, not easy to anger anymore. So yeah, that's just something that I think is super interesting. Like when I have conversations with people and I see that they're just really angry, my first piece of advice, if if I even offer it, is like, hey, have you tried meditating? Because uh, it goes a long way, for sure. Okay, wow. Guys, we are hitting episode 21 so hard today. It's crazy. Already touching on all of the sensitive topics that are probably going to lead uh, my my listeners to stop listening. And, you know, I'm going to have to find new listeners who are a little bit more willing to accept my views. But I really don't believe that I have like crazy, crazy views on stuff. I think like my my most controversial view is that you should just be yourself regardless of who you're talking to. But that one is probably like the most dangerous view because some of the things that I say on this podcast, if, if it were overheard by someone in a professional that I know from a professional context, I would imagine that they would uh, not be very happy. But it's not my goal to make everyone happy. It's really only my goal to make myself happy. And if I'm happy, then I can make other people happy. But it doesn't work the other way around. So yeah, that is why I am so um, careful. I think about who I spend my time with and what kind of opinions I open myself up to. And just making sure that I'm not putting myself in a position to 
be constantly annoyed or disappointed um, by people in my life. And it's not to say that I don't like people having different viewpoints. As I mentioned, I actually love it. But, you know, there are some people who really tend to dwell and it makes it very difficult um, to have meaningful conversations with them when they're just like dwelling on everything that's going wrong in the world. <sighs> someone, uh, someone that I went on a date with promised me that I would never tell stories about our date on the podcast. So I'm not going to. All right, what's the next topic that I got coming to my brain? Can we just talk about if you if you're from the states and you don't know this, I'm just going to inform you and if you live here then you will definitely agree with me. Can we just talk about the fact that Berlin literally has the worst fucking weather ever? I didn't realize how bad the weather was until after the pandemic. Because the interesting thing about the pandemic was that with all the lockdowns, I was focusing more on whether or not bars and clubs would be open than I was focusing on the weather. And I found myself being like super grateful just to be able to go to a restaurant or a bar that I didn't care if it was snowing. I didn't care if it was freezing. But now that we've had pretty much like almost a year without any lockdowns, I actually don't even know when the last lockdowns ended. Um, yeah, now, of course, I'm, I'm looking at the weather all the time and I'm like, what is this fucking place? Why are they doing this to me? I'm not a victim, though. But it's crazy because it makes me think sometimes that I could be living somewhere with sun like 70% of the year or 80% of the year. But then it's also important that I put it into context and remember that my mom lives somewhere that is like snowy even more than Berlin and cold and miserable and whatever more than Berlin is. So it's you know, I try to be grateful when I can be. And I try to remember, you know, my place. Because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when you're here. And there's always, it's like compare, comparing anything. There's always going to be worse. There's always going to be better. Unless you live in Portugal, and then there's never going to be better. Because I really think Portugal has, so far, when I've gone, the nicest weather of any place that I've gone to. So quick plug to Portugal. I think next year I'm just going to spend the entire winter in Portugal and rent out my place in Berlin. <sighs> yeah, because uh, I don't know if I can do it again. It's kind of, kind of <laughs> dehumanizing. The good news about this year though, is that I was in grind mode so hard because of starting uh, the new project and, you know, getting it off the ground and stuff that like November, December, January, February, and March flew by. So now it's April, and it usually only gets better from here. Sometimes you get surprised with some snow in April. But yeah, it's also weird that like I've experienced 29 summers now, or maybe we can be more realistic and say like, because I'm 29 years old, we can maybe say I've experienced like 24 or 25 summers uh, in this like 
along this latitude-ish. You know, New York and Berlin are not too far apart. Um, so we experience like a lot of the same kind of weather. And it's it's just crazy to me because I've had all of these summers and I still always think that it's going to get warmer faster than it will. And it makes no sense when you think about it. Because I every single year in May... I always think in like the second week of May, how is it still cold? Yet when it's wintertime and I think of May, I think of May as a really warm month, but it never is almost. So I feel like I'm just starting to like very slowly learn lessons about the weather. That's one of them. I I also have (laughs) these herbs that my mom planted on my balcony when she was here in August. Uh, What had happened was I, well, I guess I can just bring you guys back to this story. This is like quintessential me. I had a housewarming party when I first moved in last summer. And the day of the housewarming party, I was scrambling like crazy. I went to a wholesale store, kind of like Costco. It's called Metro. And I bought like 400 euros worth of... um, alcohol and like soft drinks and stuff like that and then I also got ice I also got some food and I had also at some point bought soil for my balcony so when I finally got home from metro I realized that I didn't have a lot of time and I was scrambling to get everything into containers and you know to get everything set up for the night but my balcony still looked like shit. So in a hurry, I removed all of the soil from my potters and I put new soil in and then I planted new flowers. I'm walking down the stairs to go outside and on my way outside, I encounter my neighbor, but I hadn't met her yet. And she's like, hey, did you just move in to the flat above mine? And I gave her a big smile and was like, yeah, my name's Macklin. I just moved in. And she's like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, you covered my balcony in soil. I didn't know what to say except sorry. Right. So I'm apologizing to her. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize. I thought like the, the soil would just like kind of blow away in the wind. I didn't know that it was going to directly fall onto your balcony. You should come to my housewarming. I'm having it in a couple of hours. She was like, it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to come. I was like, okay, cool. See you there. So I get home from running whatever chore I was running. And when I get home, I notice that some of the flowers are already looking like trash. The way that I had planted them was just not good. So in a hurry, I start to like replant them and try to like adjust them. And I'm being like really careful not to get soil anywhere. Um, so I finally like get them in their, in their pots. They look great. I turn around and go back inside I take a shower and then people start coming to the housewarming. So when the people arrive, well, my friends, I should say, arrive at the housewarming, um, probably about an hour after it starts, my downstairs neighbor arrives and she has wet hair. And I'm like, hey, thank you so much for coming. And she's like, 
yeah, thank you. And I was like, I'm so sorry again about what happened earlier. That was not my intention. Like, I didn't realize that I was going to get soil on your balcony. She was like, yeah, about that. Actually, I don't know, maybe like 30 minutes after we had that conversation, I was on my balcony. I was sunbathing. I had sun lotion on and you covered me in a thin layer of soil. So I had to take a shower before I got here. And my heart just sank. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Wow, that's, I don't even know what to say. She's like, haha, me neither. And she's kind of passive aggressive, but she's also kind of aggressive. And if you're listening to this and you know who you are, I'm really sorry. I'm not shit talking you, but I'm just saying, you know, that was my impression. Anyway, fun fact about that is that um, later, I guess like the next day or like sometime a couple days later, I'd had a cooler outside and the cooler had ice in it and the ice was starting to leak and it was actually dripping onto her balcony. And the next time I saw her, I apologized for having covered her in soil. And now I knew, now I had a new thing, which was that I drenched her balcony in this water that dripped from my balcony. Uh, my dog has also started peeing on my balcony uh, when the doors open. So I really hope that that's also not dripping down onto her balcony because if it is, it's really only a matter of time before one day she's out there when she sees it or she gets it on her. So yeah, that is my life. And it's pretty obvious like when summer rolls around why people here go absolutely insane um, because it's just so much fun. Oh, and I wanted to say really quickly before I go on the topic of the weather again, which I know is really exciting to a lot of you. Uh, every time I talk to my brother on the phone, he wants to talk about the weather for like five to 10 minutes. And I'm always thinking to myself, I'm in sales. And this is like the one topic that you're not supposed to talk about in sales because it's so fucking mind numbing to so many people. But my brother seems to enjoy talking about the weather. I have showed him a few times that there is an app on his phone where he can just check the weather and he doesn't have to talk to me about it because I don't think I'm the best weatherman. Even if I'm witnessing the weather, I don't really have too much to say about it. I'll, I'll say that it's sunny and that it's warm or that it's not, or that there's snow. And that's usually it. I don't try to forecast the weather. I don't really remember the weather. So yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, my mom, when she came here, she planted a bunch of herbs on my balcony because all of the sunflowers that I had planted died, like everything that I've ever loved. And now I just have a giant bush of basil, I guess. I don't really know what it is. Maybe it's not basil. Maybe it's rosemary. And I have to admit, like, I'm really surprised that it survived the winter of Berlin. But now it looks like I have shrubs in front of my, on my balcony. Because I guess you're supposed to pick the herbs and put it in your food and stuff. But I'm not going to do that. Those herbs are outside. It's like nasty. I guess that's what farming is though, right? Just planting stuff and then harvesting it and bringing it inside. But I don't do that. I let the, uh, I let the squirrels have at it. <sighs> anyway, yeah, the sun is shining today. I'm not going to predict where it's going to go and how it's going to end because I'm, I'm normally wrong with the weather. Um, so I'd rather just not, you know, hurt my ego by getting the weather wrong. 
Plus, if I end up posting this episode today, which I'm probably going to, if I'm being honest, then, and and then you listen to it, I'm going to have issues if you, if you get mad at me. Um, so yeah, I'd rather not run into any challenges there, and uh, instead we can just brush over it. So, let's see you guys, let's see. We are 27 minutes into this episode. One of my biggest fears is that I am going to have to restart at some point. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I don't, uh, I don't edit it. I don't have a producer. I don't have anybody that tells me that the facts that I'm saying are incorrect. I don't have anyone who tells me Um, you know, to get back on track. One of the nicest and meanest pieces of feedback that I've gotten so far, and not really mean, I mean, it's not like you did anything against me, uh, but maybe like not appreciated is that I should have a producer. That's what one of my friends said. He said, I need to have somebody who keeps me on track. But this is also the friend that told me that Uh, He listened to my podcast in the car with his sister and was offended or she was offended or like put off by me talking about like, you know, sex stories and stuff. And my first response was, yeah, but that's not my fault. I didn't tell you to listen to it in the car with your sister, right? Or did I? I didn't. So I always try to keep that in mind, I think, in general. Um, you know, when when other people give me feedback on my podcast, my first question is always, did I ask? And then my second question is always, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, uh, I didn't ask my grandma and my grandpa to start listening to my podcast. I definitely did not. But they do, and there's nothing I can really do. Uh, you know, I'm not going to stop being a, being myself just because I have older people listening to the podcast. My hope, though, is that just like any other entertainer, I'm, I'm hoping that I have some sort of like creative license to say things and for them not to be perceived as like fact or to have like some suspension of belief. And uh, that would be amazing. But unfortunately, uh, I don't know if that's how it works. Maybe I need to start getting paid to podcast and then I can look my grandma in the eyes and say grandma this is what the fans want I have to give them what they want grandma you know that I have to be perverted but of course it takes time so I'm just uh just working on it trying to get to a place where maybe I'm on episode 22 episode 23 and slowly by slowly I reach a place where I can, uh, you know, start to rake in the cash. As I mentioned on yesterday's episode, I will never work with companies that sell or manufacture firearms. I, uh, I won't promote any political campaigns or anything like that. The only kinds of companies that I'm willing to work with as sponsors are companies that focus on education and have some kind of positive impact or mental health and wellness or fitness or yeah and if they're going to be a consumable company 
you know, I, I don't want to have companies that are making people fat. So definitely will not allow uh, Frito-Lay as a sponsor or anything like that. Probably won't allow uh, the U.S. Department of Defense. And that's about it. Those are those are my limits. Or anybody that is a uh, is in a cult <laughs> is in a cult. Any cults I won't allow. But that's pretty much it. I think. Wow. Sometimes I worry that someone from the past is going to listen to my podcast and they are going to ruin me. But if they do ruin me, I also have to just keep in mind that it is temporary because you can only ruin someone as long as they are alive and I'm not going to live forever. So it'll be a very, uh, I mean, it'll be my life, but you know, still a pretty short time in the, in the, uh, life of, of the earth itself in the grand scheme of things, if you will. Oh, guys, guys, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do something that I haven't done yet. I'm doing it right now as we speak. I'm walking around with the microphone in my flat. I used to think that it wasn't a good idea to hold the microphone because I thought the microphone is so sensitive. It's going to like pick up all of these noises. But then I I realized that the software that I use to upload the podcast does an amazing job of filtering out background noise. So now I'm walking around my flat. I'm in my bedroom, which is a little bit warmer than the living room because uh, I had the the heat off in the living room, but now I'm like kind of freezing. Ooh, it's a little, it's a little freezy. And now I'm facing, um, wow, that's kind of cool. I'm facing my neighbor's window and I'm pretty sure, I don't know if that's a reflection, but I'm pretty sure I can see directly through it all the way to the street, which is... um. Just quite nice because I live in like this little uh, courtyard area, and you know, it's a, it's really secluded, which is nice. It's really quiet and it's beautiful, but sometimes all I want is to see the street and to see direct sunlight. And on the other side of my flat, I have this really beautiful building that looks like it was constructed maybe like 10 years ago, but it's like very classy the way that it's built. And my building is an Altbau, so it is old, but it's beautiful. It's also classy. I love it. And, um, and I have, you know, some characters that live around me. This morning, I had a gentleman that I've never seen before on the street, directly in front of my building, approach me and he started wishing me um, a happy Easter, which, you know, in Berlin, if somebody comes up to you and says anything to you at all, unfortunately, in nine out of nine point nine out of ten times, the person is suffering from some sort of mental affliction, because that's just like not normal behavior here at all. So I immediately knew that this man was suffering from something, because he was being nice and wishing me a happy Easter, and then he kept asking. Um, questions in German. And I responded to one of the questions. And then he said, Oh, where are you from in English? And I said, I'm from New York. And he was like, Oh, New York, bless you. Happy Easter. Bless you. Bless you. And then he just like walks away in 
the states if somebody wished me happy easter i would never think anything of it i would be that's just like normal behavior but in berlin when somebody goes out of their way to wish you a happy holiday uh it's, you're immediately being grouped together with the americans and the other mentally afflicted uh folks in berlin and a little bit of advice for anybody that is from the states listening to this that has never been to berlin if you want to move to berlin or you want to visit berlin and feel like you're just in the united states you you want to know that you're in europe but you don't want to feel like you're in europe uh or in germany specifically come to berlin and spend all of your time in Prenzlauerberg, which is where i live and i guarantee that for the majority of the time that you're in berlin you will forget that you're in berlin all of the books almost all of the books in my flat are in english uh pretty much everything in my flat is in english except for the bills that i get in german and the letters from the government um threatening to deport me i'm just joking i don't get those but uh everything is in english um except for the ibuprofen box that's on my table and it does sometimes lead me to forget where i'm where i'm staying and it won't be until like i leave my neighborhood randomly every three weeks to go to like Kreuzberg or Mitte that I hear people actually speaking German and I remember oh my god I live in Germany this is insane yeah it's um it's interesting it's interesting so yeah that's my advice to you if you just want to like go on a trip to Europe but you don't want to feel like you're somewhere that's not your home Prenzlauerberg uh, you can rent out my apartment while I'm in Portugal just let me know send me uh like a quick dm and i will get you set up here my boy or my girl and we'll just you know you pay me uh in cash so that it doesn't go through paypal so that i don't get flagged to the to the german government oh gosh guys the sun is shining i'm in a great mood today i realize my mood is better on the days that i don't have to work isn't that crazy I know. I feel like I'm so special in that way because I know a lot of people on ho- when they go on holiday, they're in a really bad mood because they they love working so much and they just get so mad that it's their day off. And they like wish that they could have like a 6 or a 7 day work week. And I, I used to get that. I actually do really love what I do for for a living. Um I work at a company and we we offer uh tech freelancers and tech full-time employees to companies that are looking to scale up their their tech teams. And I love it. I really do because I love the people that I work with and I I actually find the work to be very interesting. But holy shit, there are some weeks that go by and I'm like, "Dang. I just want some time off, you know?" And luckily, the good Lord has delivered again and he gave us Easter. That was yesterday. And today is something, the day after Easter. I don't know what you call it. <sighs> But I'm I'm grateful for it. Uh I've been having conversations recently with my mom about what the world could look like if there's a universal basic income. And I was thinking that it would be so amazing to come up with a product that satisfies people who don't have to work anymore. because my assumption is that when people don't have to work 
they get bored and restless. And video games lose their luster when you're, I mean, I'm just thinking about like when I used to play them. If I stayed home from work um, back in the day and I was like just home playing video games, it's fun for the first 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe the first couple of hours of the day. But then eventually, because you know you can, it becomes boring. Kind of like it's like not like there's not enough restriction. And I think that that's how human beings operate is like when they can't have something, they go crazy. They're so excited to do it anytime that they can. But when they get permission to do it, they kind of like lose their interest. And that's what I think happened with like medical marijuana. Like I remember when weed was illegal and it was like the most interesting thing that I could think of doing on a, on a day off. And this was like back when I used to smoke weed. Um, I stopped in 2017. So it's been like, I don't know, six years, which is crazy. I guess it'll be six years in a few weeks. And, um, you know, when I would like have a job, like a, a job, not a career, I would think all the time like, oh man, I wish I could just stay home today and smoke weed and play video games. But then, but that was when weed was illegal. And then, or most of it was when weed was illegal. And then, you know, weed became legal. And I just feel like it just lost its thing. It was just like, oh, I could go to the store, especially in Ann Arbor, because Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan was one of the places where weed was legalized. I would think, you know, oh, I could go to the store today and I could go buy weed or I could buy like a candy bar at the store. And they, they kind of just like, you know, became the same thing in a way in, in terms of like accessibility. And so weed lost its like specialness. And, uh, and so then I started to think like, well, what kind of product could you make for people who have a guaranteed income? and are being actively encouraged to not have to to not work anymore by the US government. I mean, if that's what happens with UBI, which I don't think it's going to be like an active encouragement not to work, but I think it'll be maybe like um kind of implied that you shouldn't work unless you really want to work. Like what can you give people that will still hold their attention? even though they don't have to work for the money that they use to pay for the thing. Um, I really don't know because even if I think about, uh, even if I think about like a lot of people's vices, like pornography, drugs, um, gambling, you know, like those things are sweeter when you know you're not supposed to do it. And when I say not supposed to do it, I mean like, you know, there are hours in the day that most people reserve for, you know, being sober and having, you know, a normal life. And, uh, you know, people usually wait until after work before they engage in that kind of stuff. But if every single day is a Saturday, pretty much, and all you have to do is make sure that your bills are paid, and then you can just enjoy the rest of your your weeks and your months. I feel like it's going to be so freaking dull, so dry. And who's going to like want to spend time with their families? That's going to suck. There's going to be a lot of people that just become bad parents because they're just so bored of being around their kids all the time. And uh, I don't know what those people are going to do. 
personally, I really like reading. So if I have extra time, I'll usually read. And uh, that leads me to some book recommendations that I had for you guys. Uh, Notice how I don't actually have an answer for things that will keep people's attention because I don't really want to think about it anymore. Um, But yeah, uh, I have some book recommendations in case you are looking for some. Uh, So there's going to be a lot because now that I'm mobile, I can actually walk around my, my flat anywhere that I want. And I can look at things and I can give you um, recommendations. So I'm going to start. And this is in no order whatsoever. It's just kind of as like my eyes uh, graze over these books. And I remember that I enjoyed them. So one book is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I'm a huge fan of it. I really do recommend it for anybody that wants to kick their own ass. And, uh, you know, maybe start making a meaningful difference in their lives. Another book is Billion Dollar Loser. That is the book of Adam Newman and his um, decline at WeWork. It's a really good book for anybody that likes a juicy biography and or nonfiction. Trillion Dollar Coach is a good one. Uh, Yeah, it was written by a few people. One of them is Eric Schmidt, the former, I think he was the CEO of Google. And it's about um, this guy named Bill, who was like a coach that gave, that gave them a lot of really amazing advice and helped them improve their thinking and is ultimately credited with a lot of the success of companies like Google. And I think Facebook as well. Not really sure. It's also crazy that We all know that Facebook has changed its name to Meta, yet we still call it Facebook. I will never change. I will never call it Meta. Um, Here's a book to avoid if you ever can. It's called Supermarket. You should avoid it. It's by Logic, the rapper. I really love Logic's music, but holy shit, somebody did not give this guy the honest truth about his writing. Holy shit, that is not a good book. Sorry, Logic, if you ever listen to this. Uh, speaking of rappers though, I do highly recommend Russ, the rapper. He has a book called it's all in your head. It's a great book to get out of your head. If you have like a big idea and you just need a little bit of motivation, this is a guy who literally made it by no other reason than the fact that he took a chance and, uh, and kept pushing forward. Oh, all right. Well, I got a lot of books. Um, so I mean, I have like, I think like over 200 books. So I don't really have a- enough time. I have sponsors that need me to do some ad reads. So I don't have too much time. But uh, yeah, anyway, the next time that we're on an episode, I will give you some more books that I recommend and some ones that I don't recommend. And speaking of books, the other day, something crazy happened to me. It was like something out of a book. I was walking down the street, minding my own business, on the phone with my mother, when my eyes gravitated toward the side of the the street. I I saw that there were a few books that had been labeled as Zu Veshankin. I think that's how you say it, which means like pretty much free to take. And uh, I found the trilogy like the series, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, I have the other books right over here. I don't remember what the titles are. Um, 
The Girl Who Played With Fire and The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest by Stieg Larsen. Sorry, that was super loud. Stieg Larsen. Uh, his name has been in my head now for like two weeks since I came across these books. But yeah, um, that was like a gold mine because do you know how expensive it is to buy trilogies and to buy series of books in general? When I bought the Harry Potter books in 2021, that that must have cost me like 70 bucks, maybe more, probably more, probably closer to a hundred bucks. So, you know, I was very happy when I found this trilogy on the side of the road. Oh, guys, guys, it's a game changer now that I'm standing up and walking around. I don't know why I just thought about doing this for the first time today, but it's a really, it's really great. It's like being on the phone when you pace and, uh, and you make everyone around you nervous, except in my case, I I don't really know if I'm making anyone nervous because I, I live alone with my dog. So I'm sure she's a little bit nervous and maybe my neighbors who see me walking around with my microphone in my hand might be nervous. Uh, but it's not really like my problem, right? All right. Now I'm going to give you guys a new segment that I just came up with. It's called what's in my refrigerator. And, um, I'm hoping that it kind of enables us to connect on a deeper level than we might have ever before. So in my refrigerator, I have two olives in a jar. I have some Thai curry paste. I have some apple shola. I have some low-fat dressing. I have some mushrooms, like white mushrooms. I have some tomatoes. I have an avocado, a zucchini. I have six apples. I have some peppers of different um, colors. I have a big old cauliflower head. I have some oranges that are definitely moldy, but I'm afraid that if I live up, lift up the packaging that it will confirm my worst fears. I have some strawberries that probably have gone bad now. I have some pickles that are in a mustard uh, juice. That sounds really disgusting, but they're like mustard-flavored pickles. They're amazing. I have some Uncle Ben's rice. I have some red uh, cabbage which is really delicious. And uh, and I'm fresh out of lentil soup, which is in a can. And I've decided I'm not going to buy it anymore because I've probably had 30 cans of it in the past like month and a half. And it's getting to a point now where I need to switch up what I'm eating. Otherwise, I'm going to be very uh, upset every time that I see it. That's usually what happens. Is I like put myself in a place of like actually being sickened by the food that I obsess over. And I don't want that to happen. Um, I really don't think that it's fair to do to lentil soup because the lentil soup was so delicious. It didn't do anything to me. I just had too much of it. Oh, guys, I don't even know. Don't even know. <sighs> Okay. Uh, you know, my mom used to say, actually, she never said this before I say the thing. Um, if you don't have anything interesting for your podcast audience, don't say anything at all. Well, because my mom never said that to me, I never learned the lesson. So I'm just going to keep talking. 
because I feel like it's, uh, you know, the only way that I'll know for sure whether or not people enjoy um, what I have to say. I'm going to go outside very soon and I'm going to get some freaking sun rays and my dog is going to go play again. It's going to be great. And hopefully this time she doesn't cover herself in dirt because every single time that I come home from playing fetch with her, there are these like piles and piles of dirt. Like I had to vacuum before I started recording this episode because my dog will literally like leave these like giant piles of dirt everywhere she lays down. And I'm seriously considering getting her a haircut so that uh, I don't have as much mud in my flat. Also, she makes like little noodles. Her name is Noodle. She makes like little versions of herself because she sheds so much. And then I just have these like giant piles of her fur. And it's, uh, it's a little bit, you know, disconcerting, I will say. Uh, unsettling, especially with the lights off. Sometimes I think that she's like in the corner of the room and then I turn on the light and she's like in her bed on the other side. And I realize it's just like a a carbon copy of her um, fur wise. (sighs) Guys, sometimes you just got to record episode 21 so that you can become the top 1% of podcasts globally. That's what I did today, baby. I just pushed through this one because I knew I had to. And it's maybe not the best episode that I've ever had, but who is going to tell me that it's not the best episode? You have to have listeners for people to hate on you. And I don't have any haters yet. Uh, Besides my grandma, my grandpa, my mom, she's still a fan of the podcast, you know, but I think sometimes she lies to me about having listened to it. And I can tell because of the analytics, they have the audiences broken down by age. And one of the uh, things that I've noticed is that I don't have an, a listener recently who is between the ages of 60 and 80. I think that's how they broke it down, or 60 and 75. <sighs> I'm just joking. My mom listens to every episode. I have the evidence to prove it. So if my mom's listening to this right now, she was probably very upset, probably reached for her phone to start texting me. And then I've now... Um, gotten her forgiveness because it was just a joke. <sighs> Alrighty. You know, sometimes you look outside and the sun is shining and you you want to go outside and you say, no, nah, I'm going to keep recording this podcast until I reach an hour. But then you look outside again and uh, you you just don't want to keep recording the podcast. And that's how I feel today. It's been 54 minutes. I've told you guys a lot. I have no idea what I've talked about, but I'm going to make sure that I don't say the same stuff in the next episode. And then going forward, I will be able to hopefully uh, have more engaging content. So that is the episode for today, episode 21. If you guys have any suggestions, any suggestions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Uh, If you don't, this is pretty much what you're going to continue getting. So if you're going to continue listening, it's kind of your own fault because, you know, I I would probably take your advice into consideration. Alrighty. Well, happy Monday. It's the 10th of April and I wish you guys a successful week ahead. 
And you know where to find me. It's, uh, my name is Macklin Buckler, but you probably already know that if you're listening to the podcast. Alrighty, I'll see you guys later. Bye.